sex talk Derek and Miley Cause sexuality is tough And okay sex just isn't good enough No Sex talk With Derek and Miley Hey folks, welcome to Sex Talk with Erica Miley. Erica Miley here. Uh, y'all, I really love to feature businesses that I think are doing really cool shit. <laughs> so I have uh, a wonderful human being. Sarah Daysack is a sex educator and owner of a feminist sex shop called Early to Bed. Sarah, did I get the name right or did I screw it up? No, that's right. Okay, good. Welcome, Sarah. So glad you are here. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. So I've been all over your shop site. I, I, I it really did strike me the the combination of toys, but also equipment options and the pelvic pelvic floor health options. But the descriptions were thorough. I, I was really struck by I could really see that a sex educator had their hands in this. <laughs> I, and that's what that's what really, uh, as somebody who who has a, a lot of people I, I care about as far as my listeners go, I, I really want to point them in directions where they can get more information. So can you talk about what it has been like to really shift the paradigm and, and try to educate folks while also providing them accessories for their sex lives? Sure. Happy to. Um, so we just celebrated our 20th anniversary. So I awesome. have been doing this. Thank you. Since 2001, when the, landscape of what a sex toy store was, was very different than what it is now. I mean, mm. if you can remember that long ago, this oh, yeah. is before a lot of online shopping. Oh yeah. Castle, you know? castle warehouse yeah. stuff, right? Yes. Yes. Big, I wouldn't call them big box, I guess, but like most of the sex toy stores were chains mm -hmm. or yes. mom and pop shops that were not, they were not designed to educate. They were not designed to make sex this approachable, fun thing. Right. They were designed for a very specific clientele. For the mm -hmm. most part, you had either your gay man-oriented stores mm -hmm. or your quote-unquote mainstream stores that were very much focused on a cisgendered heterosexual man yes. purchasing products for himself or his partner who would mm -hmm. be a cisgendered heterosexual woman. Obviously, there's variations in there and, and whatnot, but that was kind of the overall industry. And I, as a sex toy consumer, was feeling very left out. I'm a mm -hmm. queer woman. I had lots of questions. I wanted to walk into a store and have somebody explain things to me and also not make me feel like a pervert. You know, I mean, there's yes. a time and a place for <laughs> feeling like a pervert. You know, we yes. had our moments, but, but I, I, I really wanted to feel supported and encouraged in a sexual exploration as opposed to like, mm -hmm. I don't know, whatever, you know, like I'm eating nachos. Don't bother me kind of attitude That's that right. I got from, it was very, one time someone was eating nachos while I was trying to buy a vibrator and it I, really was. I could hear a story horrific. in that. Like, I feel like <laughs> I, I heard there was a specific memory. There's yeah. probably a smell associated with what yeah. is the story you're talking about. And I, I love I, nachos, but yeah. you know, it was not a good combo. So I really wanted to create the space that I wanted to shop in. I wanted mm -hmm. people to walk in 
have a friendly face, mm-hmm. have somebody who knew about the toys, who could explain how things work, who would allow, we, you know, it was pretty innovative for us to put testers out, which we did yeah. right away. Packaging in the back room, testers out, don't let the, pa- so that we, packaging didn't interfere with people's experience, I but love it. also so that you could touch a vibrator before you yes. bought it home. Cause you know, you can look at everything, but it doesn't, it doesn't have the same experience as touching it. So the materials matter a lot, depending, depending absolutely. on what you're going through sexually. I've worked with people with, who've been through cancer. I've worked with people who have more sensitive skin or sensory issues. And what you're talking about is really important feature of being able to go in somewhere. If you're not going to buy something online, but be able to go, you know, I, I want to touch it so that I know that it's something that I can use. Exactly. And what does the power feel like? And what does the shape feel like? Obviously, you know, we sell stuff online. And then when we started our website, which was a couple of years after we opened the store, mm. very short-sighted on my part, but whatever. <laughs> this web, this whole web thing is not going to take off. Um, <laughs> there was, you know, there was a time. Was, there was a time. <laughs> we, were, we were all young ones. I, re- I really one of the things I wanted to do was to go beyond what the manufacturer would say about a product. So we do Mm. use a lot of the manufacturer's information because it's easy to copy and paste that nowadays. But I also want everything to kind of have our interpretation or our information about it, because I do think it's important to kind of go a little bit at least beyond what the general description of a product is. And we are very honest about stuff too. And that has been from day one, I am the first person to talk you out of a hundred dollar vibrator and into a $15 vibrator because I, I feel like that's the right vibrator for you. Yeah. also why I don't, I don't work on the sales floor very much anymore, <laughs> but, um, my, but my staff does the same thing. Like this is the staff. Does the, same. the whole idea is that we are a for-profit company, you know, mm-hmm. that's just it's the nature of our system. We live um, in the capitalism. We live in a capitalist system, but I try so hard to be, not driven by profit that I'm so much more concerned about, you know, someone getting the right sex toy as opposed to the most expensive sex toy. And I think that's part of why we've survived for so long in this. Mm. It's been a chaotic 20 years. If you, t- you know, we opened yes. right before September 11th and there's 2008 or nine situation and COVID and all these things. But I think that people trust us because we have really worked to take a very individualized approach mm-hmm. to what each person who walks through the door needs. And that I think a lot, a lot of that kind of ties into my feminist values and my idea that, you know, yes, we're making money, but people, people over profits or whatever. <laughs> uh, I mean, what do you mean? You can uh, create a business around your deepest health values rather than just look at that dollar sign. Yeah. I mean, I, I say that with sarcasm, but you're saying right. it's so incredibly important that what does it mean when you create something that is really with that person in mind, but also from like, can I go to bed at night knowing that I did everything I could so that person could have a good experience and have an, an experience that isn't really, especially for those of us who have experienced many consent breaking, uh, uh, many boundary crosses when it comes to our bodies. 
having somebody take the time, even in a product description to say, hey, you need to know what you're getting into here. And when I was reading the product descriptions, that's what I was struck by. It wasn't just the manufacturer's information. It was like, no, this is this is how the, this toy looks. This is how it might feel. And it's not encoded language either that is just marketing based for sensuality, right? Like it, right. it's not that. It's very much a a customer's experience in mind. And I very much appreciated that while I was reading from it. Now, with that idea of creating a feminist based business, talk to me a little bit about that process early, like, obviously, like before it was before right before 911 that you did that you created mm -hmm. this business. Talk to me about what did that mean during that period of time? And as you started that structure? Well, um, right. So I the business for the first two years mm -hmm. was 100% just me. I mean, I had help from friends and stuff like that, but I was the only person in the store. I was the only person helping customers. I was the only person working. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was very easy to create, I guess if a store has a persona, but a, a persona of being a feminist business when yes. the person who's working it and the only person anybody sees is a feminist. And then I think when I first started, I was using that term partially because that was just my value and who I was, but also to signal to people that this is a welcoming space specifically mm -hmm. to women Yeah, as we evolve to, you know, people of all genders, of course, but like people who've been left out of the conversation about their sexuality. Mm -hmm. And so that has been really important to me. And I think just that I live those values and that those values have expanded as I've hired people and we do more in the community that we, you know, we are a welcoming space for all people, mm -hmm. regardless of, you know, gender and sexuality, all those things, but also that I interact with my community in a positive way. We, I feel like, and I think this is true. It's hard to, I don't want to sell myself too hard, but I treat my staff really well. We have mm -hmm. a higher pay structure than a normal retail job. Mm. I like to create an environment where people are supported. And I think that to me, that all falls under the idea of feminism, mm -hmm. um, that we are working towards a better collective world and people and all that yeah. things, as opposed to being involved in this for my own self-interest. I mean, I know that obviously, again, it is my self-interest, but right. um I think that that's for me the sort of the underlying drive with a lot of this. And I use that word feminism, which I know not everybody has the same relationship to that I do. Mm -hmm. um, and I appreciate that. And I've examined, is that the right word over and over again? But for me, that really does feel like the core term that I would use to describe sort of my philosophy if I actually were to have to write it down somewhere. I think you're, you're, you're hitting on something. You're hitting on something really, I think, important about like I, I can kind of hear this tie from the beginning, like this early part of you being able to do that in the shop itself when it's just you, like you said, it's kind of easy to, to embody the whole business when it's just you. But I, I hear some threads that are kind of coming in the future as you developed that, that you were able to maybe even extend your identity to the shop. Like what was that? How was that? How did that impact you as a person as you started to extend your identity through essentially a business? It's a, it is, I mean, it's a wonderful and yeah. weird thing because yes. I am still very much the face of early to bed. I am known in my community for being the owner of early to bed. 
I have a lot of emotional attachment Mm -hmm. to being the owner of early to bed. Like, you know, the thought of having a different job, you know, people, a lot of people who start businesses Mm -hmm. and I know a lot, you know, you you know, when you start having your own business, you tend to know a lot of other people who have their own businesses and the idea of selling the business is often like, okay, the goal is to get the business to a place where then I would sell it and make money or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's a horrifying, that's like the, the, the nightmares I have. Besides, we, you know, other weird we, nightmares. Sh- we share this, we share yeah. this feeling deeply. Like I, I own my own completely online group practice. All the therapists yeah. that work wow. for me are well cared for. And I, we, we kind of share this value set that you're talking about. And I, that's why I really wanted to ask you this question because it is like, you are taking your identity and it starts with you, but then you, when you create a business like this, it is very much wrapped up in your identity. It's your baby, right? Like you're doing the best you can with your baby. And then to think of selling it to someone else, that's actually a hard thing to, to even consider when you've wrapped your value system around it. Absolutely. And then I wouldn't, one, I wouldn't trust anybody else to do it, even though of course there's people who work for me who I trust, whatever, but also, I like being the person that's out in the world that I have people come up to and are like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, you're, I've had so many orgasms from your store. Yes. Oh, my God, I bought my first vibrator. Oh, you talked in my class five years ago and I never forgot. Like, I'm not going to lie. I like being known for what I do. It makes me feel good as a human. It also, as an awkward kid who felt left out of a lot of things growing up, like, I'm not going to argue with people recognizing me, you know, like it's, it's great. I love it. But I also love that. That's what I'm known for. How did I get here? Is something I often ask myself (laughs) and yay that I did because I think it's really a fun, it's a fun place to be. It's a fun person to be. So Mm. I'm not looking to separate Mm. myself (laughs) at any point. I'm hearing something Uh, kind of beautiful there that the extension of your identity also maybe even I I can't help myself I'm just gonna push on this like I okay it it maybe helped you heal some old wounds I'm hearing I think so I mean I yeah I don't know like I don't know if we want to go into therapy time now (laughs) but um we'll watch yes like it, it definitely has, has, it has given me a lot of confidence. It has mm. given me a lot of sense of self and direction. I was in art school before I quit to open the store mm-hmm. and I was miserable and directionless. And I had gone to undergrad and I was in graduate school and I felt Like I wasn't like, there's nothing that I was really actually good at. Mm. And I think that this, I've never had more confidence in what I can do than I do now. Mm -hmm. Not everything, of course, but, but I think starting something from scratch, not having a clue what I was doing, (laughs) but also, you know, being at at an age where I felt a little isolated from my community. Like I just, Mm. there was a lot going on and it's really nice to have this business give me confidence. It has connected me with so many people. It has made me feel fine. It made me feel popular. Okay. I'm just going to admit it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, I think, I I think there's something too, like 
having i i definitely understand the feeling of like having been the weird nerdy kid i was the weird nerdy like music kid i was the weird nerdy like i would always talk about things that i would do deep dives on things that i was really interested in and all the other teenagers around me was like mm, yeah that's an, yeah that's nerdy i'm like oh, okay, <laughs> just won't, I won't talk about that but like i the creation of my own business has done something similar that that it's it creates this confidence in you that says like, oh, I wasn't wrong. Like I, I wasn't wrong about all this stuff. And not only that, it's it's a little deeper than that or maybe even more deeper than that. But you took your values and you inter interwove them into this thing that you created and then people buy shit from you, whether it's your time right. or services or accessories or what, what have you. Like there is numerical proof. <laughs> right. <laughs> proof is in the profit. No, no, that's not true. But um. <laughs> But it is, and then, and then that we've, I mean, more than anything that we've survived, like I will be yes. like, after early to bed opened, there came sort of a, I don't know if slew is the right word, but there came a bunch of other stores that were women owned, mm. women oriented sex stores in the city. Yeah. And that was terrifying. And there was a lot of, there was some awkwardness, uh, you know, but I'm still here. Yes. And not everybody else is. And that is also, that's a, it's a terrible feeling from a like everyone should be able to thrive kind of perspective, yes. which I like to believe in this theory of abundance, but also that I've made it through it all. I've been flexible. I've stuck to my values and it has worked out for me one way or the other. So that feels good. It feels like, okay, well maybe, maybe now that we're 20 years in, I can, start to trust that maybe I have some vague idea of what I'm doing, but yeah, you, you definitely much. have expertise <laughs> at this point. That's for sure. Absolutely. So I do want to talk a little bit about the availability of products and, and the availability of products for different genital configurations, because I think my listeners, if you haven't listened to all the episodes, we all have similar parts just in different configurations. So, but the on, on Sarah's shop, there's tons of options for different configurations of genitalia. And I, I just am curious because you've been doing this for and seen through various, I mean, since 9-11, we've been through lots of crises by this point, you know, <laughs> how have you seen as far as options? How has the, how has the landscape changed? Do we have more? Is there more flexibility? Like when you're trying to find products to offer, like, are you seeing more options for people? Absolutely. Like there's been such an evolution in the market and the industry, which comes first, you know, mm. I think very much market driven. And we have evolved so much, especially with how we talk about sex toys, how mm -hmm. we talk about gender. I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I first opened the store, I was very clear about it being like, this is a woman-oriented store. I would not mm -hmm. use that binary language right now. Mm -hmm. We had a part of the store that had a little sign that said like men's toys, you know, which of course, retroactively, I'm like, oh my God, that was so limiting. Um so I think we're a little bit ahead of the curve on eliminating the gendered language when talking about toys, mm -hmm. talking about toys more as like what parts of bodies they work on best, but also, and this has been true from the beginning, always saying like, this is designed for this purpose, that manufacturers had this in mind, but you could also use this on this part of a body or this shaped genitalia or something. So I think that that is, it's always yeah. been, I mean, 
sex toys aren't, you know, they're only limited by your imagination and safety concerns. But the industry itself absolutely has evolved to be more inclusive. And we're getting, and also there's a lot of um, more boutique parts of the industry. So when I first opened the store, there was, you know, big manufacturers and a couple little boutique industries. But now mm-hmm. there's so many more people who are making sex toys in their garage or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of those times they are very explicitly, you know, gender neutral or gender mm-hmm. free or whatever their whatever their language they're using. And I think that has been tremendous. And especially as we have more and more people identifying mm-hmm. in different places along the gender spectrum, um, there's more toys and accessories that are free for you know anybody to use in multiple different ways. We also see people co-opt the language. We see people co-opt these ideas. We see yeah. people come up with these ideas. And like, they're like, no, that's not what that means, you know? <laughs> so I'm very cautious about that and, you know, whatever. But I just, there was like a lube that came out that was called gender fluid. And it's cute, mm-hmm. but it's like you don't know what people are using the term gender fluid if then your idea is to brand a lube with that. Great. Even though lots of people think it's cute and it's, it's actually totally fine lube. But it's like, you're just, you're hearing these terms mm-hmm. and you're thinking they're cute and then putting it on a bottle without maybe thinking about the implications of how somebody who that's their identity could feel about it. Either great or wait a second, this is yes. weird. That commodification um, that we're, right. I think we've definitely seen, uh, you know, across the, the queer community in various ways, especially like with pride and the commodification of of different kinds of products. So I'm sure that it's just this strange space to have to sit in after seeing very little and then seeing all of the explosion of the different options that are available. But again, like every time I've read any of the descriptions on your site, I see that interwoven sex educator mindset. Mm. I can see it. I'm like, oh, like you're giving me suggestions (laughs) about how this can be used in the various ways. The manufacturer is not even like maybe didn't even occur to them. Oh, yeah. Well, and then the fact that people, the manufacturers are still naming things so horribly, you know, like, <laughs> it's so true. Like we, I go, we go back to the womanizer all the time. I mean, Ugh. womanizer is such a horrible name for a very innovative product that completely yes. changed the, the whole genre of the industry. And, and now we're used to it. But when it first came out, I was like, no, no, I can't carry this product. But I was like, well, I can carry this product with a caveat, you know, like yes. we get it. This is a dumbass name. We'd change it if we could, but, yep. and so I think that it's a balance. You want people to know that you have the product they want, mm-hmm. but you also want to be sure they know that, you know, we're not necessarily thinking this is a great choice. This manufacturer made. And um, yeah, so it's, it's more interesting than it used to be as far as kind of navigating all these different things. And Cause there's so many more options now. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of insane. And the industry really has, opened up in so many different ways and it's really exciting and I still love buying sex toys more than anything else in the world so every day is a joy when I get to you know it's a shopping day for me so oh yeah and all of the unboxing you get to do that has just got to be so much fun (laughs) even if it ends up being a ridiculously terrible item you know there's like there's things too that I'm like okay this goes in the so great it's terrible or so terrible it's great pile or this is the super exciting new one. Yeah. So there, it is still, it's like Christmas, you know, 
Absolutely. And manufacturers listening, any manufacturer listening, (laughs) you should absolutely hit up Sarah or any one of us that do like sex educator work or sex therapy work because we can give a pretty good sense of like, hey, mm, we talk to people all day long. I know. (laughs) You You missed the mark here. Oh yeah. And you're just like, did you, have you ever seen somebody's body or do you think anybody <laughs> wants that language around this or, you know, and I get, and of course there's people who, whose interest in sex and is, is their language, all these things is, is widely vast. Some people want aggressive sounding sex toys, you know, mm. but a lot of people don't want something that's, you know, called the annihilator or whatever, you know, the case may be. Even and if most it's of a time, good people toy. rename it as it is anyway. Like, yeah. they, a lot of times, well, the more personal of a name you come up with the, with a sex toy, the, the better and the more relationship that's just yours you have. It's true. It's true. So I am curious about how maybe this has changed your day to day from the beginning to now. Like, I know that you're, you're probably not on the sales floor as much as you used to be. And so how does, how is your day to day different today as it was in the beginning? It's so much more busy. Oh my God. I mean, what yeah, I, I, I have nostalgia for like, I used to sit at this in the store and knit dildo cozies. Oh, um, that's the best thing I've ever I heard. I had nothing else to do. <laughs> I don't even remember how to knit. I don't know how I knew how to knit. I don't. I couldn't <laughs> knit if you paid me. But somehow I would make these little dildo cozies, and I would, you know, we I like would hand silk screen all our um, gift certificates, and I, it was it was a very I didn't have a lot to do. And now I have an office away from the store so that I can concentrate because there's no room for me in the store. And I spend a lot of my time on the, you know, writing com- stuff for the website, answering emails about collaborations. Mm-hmm. Like it's basically sitting at my computer every day. So that's different. And to be perfectly honest, I have a more like healthy for me schedule and I can, mm-hmm. I have a child now. I could spend the weekends with my child. I don't work six and a half days a week. Mm-hmm. So that is really, I feel very fortunate for that. I know that not every small business owner has the privilege of, you know, regular schedule, but you know, I still, if I'm in the store and someone has a question, I leap to answer it because I still mm-hmm. love helping someone find their first vibrator. I mean, that is like the core of my being. If there's one thing I love doing, it's helping someone pick out their first vibrator or helping solve a dildo mystery, you know, like mm-hmm. they, they want this unicorn or they saw this thing 10 years ago at a festival. I love, yeah. cause I do I have a pretty good encyclopedia up here of who, what, and when. So it's, you know, there's things that are still really practical that I enjoy, but I do have the sort of typical, managing from afar kind of lifestyle right now with a giant, giant pile of sex toys behind me at all times. It should always be. It's kind of nuts. I have, yeah, it's a little bit nuts, but, but yeah, it is very different than it was in the beginning, but I would say that I'm really happy where I am. And I really like it, it. I mean, customer service is great and I love it. And I think I'm good at it, but it's exhausting and getting um, able to just, yeah. Just to handle the hardest parts of it is is, is good. I don't have to do the constant day to day. I do want to tap into your encyclopedia. And I think this yeah. will probably, you know, our this will probably be the biggest question probably from our listeners. You're going to try and stump me? No. Absolutely oh, okay, not. good. Oh, that's me. That's me. <laughs> but I would love to know. 
your top yeah. three. I, I'll take I'll take as many as five if you've got them. Okay. Your top three to five items that are available now, because of course, like I I would hate for our people to like be listening and be like that toy's not available anymore. Yeah. I'm very sad about it. And this can include lubricant too, because I, many of the listeners has have heard me say it again and again before. Lubricant isn't isn't regulated so finding good lubricants that are body safe isn't always the easiest thing to do so what are you know three to five top favorites and and why okay well i'm going to start with lube because it's interesting at first sorry for the digression but it actually there is now fda approval for lubes that is required if you want to say that your lube is a lubricant as opposed to, I think you can use some words like body lotion or something. Yeah. So, and this happened a few years ago and it's good and bad. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's good that there's more regulation in the sense that I think that it, it made manufacturers have to you know, be more careful, but FDA approval from what I understand doesn't have anything really to do with how it feels on your body. Mm-hmm. So Correct. Some of my least favorite lubes are, oh, FDA approved, blah, blah, blah. It might still burn your vagina. So Mm -hmm. I think that, or whatever part. So I think that I take that with a grain of salt. Um, It has resulted in some like fan favorites not being available in the U.S. because companies are like, I'm not going to pay for that FDA approval. But first of all, lube should be everybody's buddy because no matter... If you play with your only your your own self, if you ever have a partner, if you use sex toys, any of these things, any time of sexual contact, pretty much is gonna make is gonna be better with additional loop. It's gonna make using safer sex products safer because mm-hmm. it's gonna reduce friction. All these things. Especially if you were born with a vagina, there's often this like stigma that like needing lube means you're not turned on or something wrong with your body, or you know, you should just be so wet that you know you never leave loop. Which is utter bullshit. It's total (laughs) bullshit. There's so many things that can affect somebody's, you know, lubrication. And so getting comfortable using lube, I think is really important. Of course, there's certain parts of your body that, you know, if you're going to use anal sex, if you're going to play, if you're going to engage in anal sex, it's absolutely required to use lube. Um, Sex toys should not be producing lubrication on their own. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to be using that. Anyways, there's a brand called Sliquid that is... It's very, my computer will never learn that word. It always autocorrects it. But um, <laughs> Sliquid is our favorite lube. It's super gentle on the body. It has very few ingredients. It's just, it's really, there's a lot of different formulas as far as thickness and other things that you can go for there. But they have a couple really basic formulas that I feel like for water-based lubes, if you've mm-hmm. had any like um, negative interactions with another lube, this is a great lube to try. Um, cause a lot of lubes have all kinds of screwy ingredients that can cause irritation. You know, if, if it says it's supposed Absolutely. to heat up, that means it's going to irritate your genitals. So you feel the heat. Yes. I get very <laughs> passionate about lube. Um, hey, I, I, you know, maybe you and I need to do like an entire lube episode. Yeah, I keep threatening can, this oh. for, to, to my listeners because I, I, they, you're right. Like there, there are ingredients that are made to do things and it says it on the packaging, but people don't realize like, Oh no, you do realize what that's going to do your pH. All yeah. of you, what no matter what kind of genitalia you got. Right. <laughs> oh, and don't even get me started on like numbing lubes and tightening. Oh, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Anyway, so a good I liquid, a good water-based gentle lube is a great place to start mm-hmm. um, for anybody. If you want to add equipment 
um, toys to your routine or your, your life. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a really big fan of wand style vibrators. I know Mm -hmm. it's not the most creative answer, but the, um, original magic wand formerly Mm -hmm. known as the Hitachi magic wand is powerful. It is discreet in the sense that it is technically a back massager or was it Mm -hmm. intended for that idea. You can get attachments. So while it's a super powerful external stimulator, you can get attachments so that you can use it internally. Or if you have a penis, you can use it as a sleeve. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things you can do with it. That said, it is a powerhouse and not Mm -hmm. everybody wants a powerhouse. That's right. My client said, I had a client who said, that's the varsity team. <laughs> yes. And, 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 you know, and some people um, go out for varsity freshman year. I don't know if that's, that's right. a good analogy. And some people keep trying out for varsity and never make it. That's I mean, right. this is a weird. Um, <laughs> we walked down a weird, a weird path. It's all right. <laughs> but yes, if you are like a power hungry person, mm-hmm. this is a good toy for that. But there are also lots of people who don't want, I mean, I've had people come in and be like, what is the gentlest vibrator that you have? Mm-hmm. You know, I need some old batteries, I'll put them in the wrong way. Never a good idea, but <laughs> like to make the, the toys work. So there are some wonderfully textural toys that don't just go. Blah, 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 blah. Um, there's one called the Zen, which mm. is I think a very appropriate term and it's battery operated. It's definitely more gentle. It has, you know, various of speeds, but it's made and it's silicone. Everything mm. we carry is body safe. Um, and it's squishy in a way that is just, you know, very delightful. You have to kind of touch it to feel it. It's got a nice squishiness to it. Good for external use can be used for vaginal use. You wouldn't want to use it anally, but you still can use it internally um, in the front. But um, yeah, that's another just like sort of other end of the spectrum toy that has mm-hmm. versatility and is for someone who likes it more gentle. But I mean, there's so many, it, it'd be, even five would be hard to say. Like if you have a penis, you know, there's these amazing innovations that have been done in the texture of sleeves. Like when I first mm-hmm. started the store, it was all about who's, what porn stars genitalia did they, you yes. know, Try and recreate. Did they copy and, or or try to make yeah, it look like mold. Yes. Yeah, and those are still there. But companies are now like, oh wait, let's think about actually how this feels when you put something inside of it. And so, mm-hmm. Tenga makes some amazing products that just feel super. I mean, I don't have a penis, so I can't give you my firsthand account, but like mm-hmm. feel on my fingers and I can tell them, you know, just feel amazing gliding in and out, you know. And I think mm-hmm. that that's a really important thing to realize is that you know, there are toys that only work for certain shapes of genitals, but that regardless mm-hmm. of the shape of your genitals, there is something out there that has been thoughtfully designed mm-hmm. to help you engage in more pleasure. And that's really, I think, you know, the bottom line is that there's yes. are toys and their tools and their sole purpose is to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. And so, and good. And hopefully give you orgasms if you want that. And so why not take advantage of this entire, you know, type of item and, and give yourself a little bit of extra 
love and pleasure and fun. So I I love it. I, I, I love everything you were saying. I think maybe <laughs> maybe the final thing we should just touch on very quickly is that I'm sure that you have heard this myth again and again. I know that I have heard it. It is very much a concern when somebody has ever maybe used a toy for the first time or wants to use a toy. There is this myth of if I use a toy, then I'll just keep using it and I'll I'll get numb to it in quotation marks or I will only be able to have sex this way or I will become addicted to it quotation yes. marks y'all can't see them but I'm making them <sighs> these are not things that happen let's talk about this myth really quick before we before we wrap up because I think it's incredibly okay. important to understand try to do it really quick but yes this is a myth that I think is and what I've seen it has been promoted promoted mainly by cisgender men who don't yes. want women in particular, to have sexual agency. Absolutely. Yes. You, if you have a hard time having an orgasm and you start using a sex toy and your orgasms are more achievable, you may get used to that sensation. You may prefer that sensation. That's not addicted. That's not nope. ruined for other things. Exactly. <laughs> and, if it, and if it means that having a sex toy handy is part of your partner's sex life, find somebody who loves you or likes you enough to want to have that kind of sex with you. Mm-hmm. Most people, if you, if you're spending some time, a lot of extra time with your vibrator, your sex toy, you're getting very used to the sensation, getting a different toy, switching it up, taking a break. Those kinds of things can kind of help reset your sexual response a little bit. So we mm-hmm. just sort of recommend a vibrator vacation if that's a concern of yours, mm-hmm. but I try to promote the idea like, oh, what? who cares? So if you right. need to have a sex toy with you the rest of your life, great. There's like a billion sex toys out there. Lots of them are very portable and you could take with you wherever you go. And if you have a partner that doesn't, isn't down with you using a sex toy during sex, I think that relationship needs to be examined because that's a person Absolutely. who does not have your pleasure and your best interests in mind. So yeah, it is a myth. It's a myth. It's myth, a myth. myth. It's a myth. myth. <laughs> and re-examine those yes. relationships, folks. <laughs> Absolutely. If someone throws away your vibrator because they're jealous, okay, oh, we need to, the the curve. Yeah, get you know, head to mentalandsexualhealth.com. We'll help you like with the therapy part. I'll send you to early to bed. We'll replace it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How do the lovely humans listening find you in the world? Um. Well earlytobed.com and that's early with the number two bed.com is our website where there's shopping as well as lots of good sex information. We have a really cute Instagram at early to bed. If you just search us, you'll find it. You can find my Instagram, which is a little less cute, but a little more personal at uh, Sarah to bed. And that's spelled S E A R A H T O B E D. Um, and then, you know, we're on Twitter, Facebook, but who's on Facebook anymore. Um, hmm. Right. So we're kind of all out there and we're very accessible. We love people to email us their questions. We're happy to answer people's questions about sex toys, about, you know, their needs and stuff like that too. So we're not therapists. So, you know, keep that, <laughs> just remember that, but we are really happy to talk sex toys with anybody, anytime. Oh, Sarah, this has just been incredibly lovely. And I thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show and everything you heard folks. I will make sure all the toy suggestions will even be in the show notes so that you can easily find them. Sarah, this has been a joy, really. I, nerding out about sex toys is like 
that's like a dream day for me. Well, thank you. This has been a pleasure for me too. I mean, as you can tell, it's what I love to talk about. So thank you so much for having me. Folks, we thank you for sticking around to the end. We will see you next time.